1: Radio. Andy Lou, the Warriors are 4-0. They have defeated the Oklahoma City Thunder tonight. Final score, 106-98. Was not a pretty game. Very ugly first half, but a win's a win. What, what do you think?
2: Uh, you know,
3: classic late October game that a contender plays. Which I think is an interesting part is this team looks like that type of contender team. You remember the Warriors of of yesteryear, right, they would play this exact type of game where they sleepwalk through the first half and then come third quarter, remember the third quarter Warriors, they show up and they just lock the other team down and say, hey, we're going to win this game. I, Sam, don't think this team is that type of team right now, but for tonight, they play like that type of team where they just say, yeah, we're just going to screw around for two quarters and we're just not going to be good at basketball and then we're going to show up and win the game come the second
2: half.
1: Yeah, I I don't even think it's that as much as what what I saw. What I saw tonight was a team who did not come out with the requisite focus and the worst team in the league took it to them, and they just barely had enough to get over the top. But as I was watching it, I see some some noticeable flaws in the team. I also have some good performances. I think shout-out Damian Lee and shout-out Andrew Wiggins for big games in the second half there. Um, OKC was doing they were doing the everything but staff defense. Yep. And uh, the Warriors took them about two and a half quarters to figure out how to attack that. Also took them to about halftime to figure out how to play defense. But Once they did those things, they were able to take (laughs) care of OKC. So um, I want to start on kind of uh, Wiggins and Damian Lee, who are probably the the stars of the show tonight. Uh, Tell me what you saw.
3: Yeah, strength and numbers. I mean, Fitz brought it up. I thought it was pretty funny, but also pretty true. I mean, this is what Steve Kerr loves. They, you know, Steph, like you said, they took away Steph, or they tried their best to take away Steph. Jordan Poole wasn't there tonight. He just, I don't know what he was doing out there. And and there's really nobody else out there that can that can create, right? So all you have left is let's get the guy who who's really on this team for games like this, Andrew Wiggins. I mean, he gets he has this type of talent in him, right? He's going right through SGA, he's going right through Giddy. He's going right through every single player. He's backing him up. He's getting open looks and he's shooting, you know, a little five foot push shots and he's making them. So like, that's what he should be doing every game. But hey, like him doing it this game because they needed him. If he didn't play like this, they would have lost. So I think this is the best, the best effort that I've seen Wiggins throw out there uh, this season. And we saw a lot of this last season though, Sam. So I, you know, we saw a lot of this from Andrew Wiggins last season. So part of me feels like, Maybe he just wasn't really in shape the first three games or in rhythm. And we'll see
1: more of this coming up. I want to give a shout out to Damian Lee, who through the first four games is clearly the second best guard on the roster. Mm. Like mm. he's he's played better than Jordan Poole. He has, dare I say, been one of the five best players on the team, period. Like I think Draymond's had an excellent start to the season. Steph is obviously Steph. Wiggins has been up and down tonight was kind of a, you know welcome to the regular season game for wiggins um and i think right behind that damian lee's been as good as anyone on this roster eight for 14 tonight 20 points four for seven on three and i, I have a feeling some people are going to say he should be starting over over jordan Poole, but i kind of enjoy him coming off the bench and really changing the energy of the game when he comes in um i think i also think steve kerr probably deserves a little credit here for managing the two of them pretty well like I think he's had a pretty good feel for when to ride Jordan Poole versus when to go to Damian. I agree. I 100% agree. Oh, man. Great point. Um, Other than that, you know, Jordan Poole, pretty much a subpar game for him tonight. Uh, Just needs to settle in. It's been kind of one, you know, he's really good against the Lakers. He was really poor against the Clippers. He was really good Sunday against the Kings. Uh, He was subpar against the Thunder it's kind of funny. He was, you know, it doesn't, it, it doesn't seem like it matters who the opposing team is. It's just, he's just kind of still in that young guy kind of up one game down the other face of his career.
3: Yeah. I mean, uh, let me go back to Jordan, uh, excuse me, Damian Lee real quick. And cause I think the Lee pool stuff is interesting. Lee is, is essentially a vet right now. He, he's essentially in the Iguodala mode to me where he's a vet that goes out there. He knows exactly what to do and he doesn't make mistakes. Uh I'm used to, when Paul first started on the Warriors a few years back, just making a ton of defensive mistakes and kind of just, I'm not really sure offensively if he was comfortable enough to shoot threes accurately, but now that's all gone. I mean, he knows where to be defensively. Uh, he's not a great defender, but he's good enough. You're not losing anything with him on the floor. And then offensively, I mean, he's at a point where he's just an extremely above average three-pointer, where you just expect him to knock it down. So Poole is more upside, right? But with Damian Lee, I think Steve Kerr, you're right. Steve Kerr is doing a great job of saying, you know, Pool, you're, you're taking dumb shots, but I'm not going to yank you right away. But I'm also not going to let you play through it at the end of the game. Like, I don't think Paul deserves to close games, especially this one right now, especially with the decisions that he's making. And I think he should be out of the game. And I think Pool's making, is uh, making the right choice. And at the same time, uh, Kerr is saying, if you take a couple bad shots, I'm also going to give you two, three more minutes. Play through it, and then I'll take you out and put me back in. I think that's, I mean, that's development, right? Like, that's what's going to make Poole really, really good basketball player come the end of the season. I think that's super important for this team that needs Poole to be good if they want to contend even more.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, so, it's it's something to watch because, like, I I think they need to let Jordan Poole continue to play. Like, he's more talented. Mm-hmm. He's one of the most talented players on the roster. I, I've been pretty happy with the way they're kind of using the two players. So... Ride with that. I want to talk about one other thing before we open this to callers. Uh, The center position. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Third game out of four that they've started down with the starting lineup. Looney. In the one game they had a lead to start the game was the Clipper game where Steph decided just not to miss anything. So, you know, I don't even know if you can count that per se, but the Draymond Looney stuff is causing some spacing problems. It's it's leading to teams overplaying the three-point line, overplaying Steph, all the ways you kind of expect them to. And I'm just wondering how long they can ride with those two as the starters. Because it's not that Looney's playing poorly. It's not that Draymond's playing poorly. I think Draymond's actually playing really well. It's just the combo of them makes it too easy on the defense. They're both so much better when they're next to Otto Porter or Bielitsa or, you know, insert some sort of lineup that, like, kind of they're the only non-show. Right.
3: Yeah. I, it's... Especially in games like this where, look, they're not playing the Lakers. I mean, they're not even playing a team that has a big that you care about. Why is Looney in? And I, I think you saw some of this last season where they tried to pigeonhole Wiseman and Ubre in there and just it didn't work, right? And I think Kevon Looney, he's going to be better throughout the season. I think part of it is he just, he needs to get back in shape or whatever it is, he's going to be better than this because he's not this bad. But right now, there's really no reason for him to be out there. He's providing absolutely nothing. I mean, he's not even there defensively right now. And I'm a loony guy. It's just, why not just play Bielitsa? Or why not just go crazy? You brought this up. Go crazy and just start Otto Porter. Like, it's not who on this OKC team is crushing you on the boards, right? So, and, and especially if they're playing OKC again Saturday.
1: Also, are we, are we sure Bielitsa is better on the glass than Otto Porter? Like, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of the They're kind of the same size. Like, Otto's... I was a big dude. I'll just put it that way. Like he's legit six, nine with a well, seven, two, he's big
3: wide too. Now I'm Yeah, yeah honest, he's, he's uh, long
1: and wide. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think he's any, honestly, him, Looney, and B are all kind of the same size, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, give or take. Like, I don't think, I don't think size is the difference between the two of them. It's, it's not like they're wise men or like, right, that guy's a lot bigger, you know? So I wonder if Steve's going to start looking at that Otto Porter again, four rebounds in 17 minutes hit some huge threes in the third quarter to change the momentum huge. of the game. Overall he's been rebounding like a big man. He's been averaging like 10 rebounds per 36 minutes. Not really a problem. I haven't seen this team really get crushed on the glass at all. That's been kind of a surprising thing. Um part of it's because Steph is, you know, turning into Russell Westbrook getting every loose ball. Uh part of it is also, you know, you got Draymond is a committed rebounder. They're just they're just getting one through five. Like it isn't a team that's going to have you know shack or something inside just engulfing 20 rebounds it's going to be like everyone contributing five to eight themselves
3: yeah and, and, and i think that's fine that's a good effort about it until you until you play the ad dwight lebron starting lineups but i mean even i mean by the way they they're they're only up one to care against the spurs in, in san antonio I, I think i think auto deserves a little bit more after tonight i thought those were big minutes that he played hit some hit a couple of huge threes Couple thing I want to note down here at the end of the game is uh, Steve and Kenny. By the way, I, I just say Steve and Kenny now, uh, as well as Steve 2.0. Is, the, is the yeah, <laughs> I mean, just matchup based closing lineup, right? They threw they threw JTA in there, then they put Lee in there, then they put Igabala in there, right? The, Wiggins is out there tonight. Jordan Poole wasn't out there. Like they just, I I don't think they're married to a closing lineup outside of hey, let's play Steph and Draymond, right? We're gonna get those two guys in no matter what, and, and you know most of the times Andrew Wiggins, but outside of that. We don't care. We'll put whoever we think is playing best tonight, and we're gonna have those guys close the game. And I think that's the right play. I think that's the I think that's the right move. Like I don't think you know these guys are good enough to close every single game when you talk about Lee, Paul, JTA, and those guys. So coaching staff with another another great effort.
1: I'd have to pull the lineup data, but coming into this game, the Draymond Looney lineup has been mostly like net neutral to negative. And then anytime they put Either Otto or Bialyta next to Draymond or Looney. It's been generally a win. So I don't know when the Warriors want to switch to that, but it does seem like sooner than later that's going to be the move with the starting lineup. That's, that's just how I'm seeing it. But Yeah, I,
3: I guess the only issue would be, you know,
1: they're four, not an issue, actually. I shouldn't talk to say issue,
3: but I think, you know, they're 4 0. Oh, they're going to play Memphis and OKC again. You know, you could see two more wins there. It, it would take maybe a lot to get this team out of that out of that starting lineup just if they keep winning. But you know, first world problems. You'll take it. The team keeps winning.
1: Yeah. Four-no. I mean, I think the important thing about this game is in the in the past, I could see last year's Warrior team kind of tricking this game away. Yeah. Yeah. Um <laughs> in uh for for tonight they got it done. And that's what matters. Because these games count as much as the games at the end of the season. Don't let people tell you otherwise. Every win counts the same on your standings. And the Warriors need to get out to a comfy lead because the schedule is going to get tough later. You're going to want Klay Thompson back. You're going to want Wiseman back. You're going to need Jordan Poole to be better. Uh, But, you know, none of that matters. You got to win tonight. Win's a win. Win is a win is a win.
3: Golden State Warriors basketball is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Warriors tickets anymore, because Tick Pick, that's T-I-C-K, P-I-C-K, is the original no fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NBA tickets. TickPick got rid of all the awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best price on all of their NBA tickets. If you don't believe it, if you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will actually give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. I actually did that for the San Francisco Giants game against the LA Dodgers game one compared it to another site that I usually use TickPick was actually cheaper Uh, so there you go but make sure you go to TickPick for all your Warriors tickets games this season visit TickPick.com today to save $10 on your first order of Golden State Warriors tickets again it's TickPick.com
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all
4: Should we uh? Should we get to the goons?
1: Let's do it. Let's see what the people have to say. So, if you want to call in, request to
5: speak, we'll bring you up. Hey, Max. Maxwell, what's up, my man? Hey guys, I have two questions. First, first one is about Josh Giddy. I wanted to know what you guys thought about him because he didn't really look that good tonight. And I know I think maybe was it you, Sam, that was high on him coming in in the draft, uh, and just what you what you thought about him tonight and through these first couple of games. And also, can you guys think of a player who was the second-best player on a team but was as bad offensively as Draymond is? And I'm not, I'm not here to dog on Draymond. I'm just – I thought Ben Wallace, but I don't think Ben Wallace was the second-best player on those Pistons teams. So can you guys think of a, a player who was the second-best player on a team but was this bad of an offensive player? Maxwell, appreciate the call. Um, I thought Josh Giddey was fine,
1: to be honest with you. Like, he looked like a 19-year-old rookie. I thought he had some nice plays at the end of the game. I still remain pretty high on him. The feel and the size is pretty impressive. He's got to figure out how to shoot the ball. Um, Not seeing that there just yet. But he's going to be a good player. Now, is he going to be a star? I don't know. I don't know. But, like, I definitely think he's going to be a player. Yeah. He's slow. God, He's slow. Uh, so you
3: know, so so's, so's Looney, so's Otto, so's like half. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, those are those are average players. You know, what I mean, in the NBA. So, but man, he is slow out there. But you know, if he's smart enough and he figures it out and he and he can shoot, it'll be good. I wasn't too high on him just because the guy looks like he can barely move. But again, he's young, dude. I mean, who knows? He might just get more athletic. Uh, so uh, you know, it's, it, it is what it is with him. We'll we'll see. OKC okay, also, he's not put in a great situation, right? Like, it's not like he's out there. In, a, in the right place to make all these moves. Um, what, do you, what do you think about Draymond, though? What do you think about that one? Because I can't think of any off the top of my head.
1: Uh, first off, I reject the idea Draymond's a poor offensive player. He's a poor scorer, but he is a hell of a passer. So, I don't know. I view Draymond the way I view Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd was one of my favorite players of all time. Jason Kidd, first ballot Hall of Famer. Maybe a better player than he as a coach. But, um, he was, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> he, wasn't exa- he wasn't exactly a scorer when he played. Like he, he could occasionally get you fifteen to twenty, but he was definitely more of a ten to twelve point per game guy who filled every other gap. Um, I don't know. Like, who's the second best player, Draymond or Clay? It's an in- yeah. it's an interesting like because like Draymond does more things, but like the thing Clay does, I mean, none of it works if Clay's not doing it. So that's kind of well, how I always feel about it.
3: Well, I think rejecting the premise of that question is fair because the Warriors aren't winning a championship without Clay Thompson, right? Just objectively. And then if they're gonna win a championship, he he's the guy that's the second best offensive player. I mean, it's not even close, right? So I, I think you're from that perspective, you can't say that Jay's the second best player. But yeah, I mean, there's he's a unique guy. One of the reasons why he might he
1: might be the second best overall player on the team, but it's like but like you said, you know, it's like you'll never win a title with him as your second best like scoring threat. No. That that goes without saying. <laughs> shit yeah I don't care who you are that's not happening so I mean just just to answer it yeah Ben Wallace is a good comp Ben Wallace was significantly worse offensively than Draymond but I mean he was so good at what he did that he was just a force if you put enough offense around him Dennis Rodman actually is probably a decent comp too Dennis Rodman kind of underrated overall but like the Bulls literally did not lose games when Scottie Pippen missed half a season just because it was MJ and then, like, Rodman carrying the defense. It kind of <laughs> felt similar to, like, Steph and Draymond in some way. So it's like, I don't know. I don't want to get caught up too much in the role thing. Draymond's just unique. And when he's, full, yeah. when he's physically healthy and engaged, quite the player.
2: Yeah. Good. Kabir. Hey, can you guys hear me?
1: We can. What's sure. up, man?
2: Okay. Um, just one non-Warriors thing and then one Warriors thing. I finally started Secession because of you, Sam. And I definitely shouldn't have started it during midterms because that's all I've been doing. <laughs> and <laughs> Warriors related, um, I think Dre has maintained as like our second most important player just because of how much valuable like he is on defense. And then like the story of this year, I think, is just small improvements throughout the team. I think last year's team would potentially be 0-4 And at least have a losing record based on the games they've played so far.
1: Kabir, great call. Uh, Hope you're enjoying Succession. Andy, what episode are you off to? Uh,
3: I'm on episode five, man. I was texting yesterday. Episode five, season one. I'm a binger, so I started a couple months back and couldn't get into it. I'm either three seasons in a week or or, or I give up. So, episode five, no spoilers, guys. By the way, quick story. Uh, Finals of college, I started The Wire in Game of Thrones. And uh, yeah, safe to say I didn't do well in those finals, but but uh success success good so far, man. I just I, I like Kendall. I feel bad for the guy, but I'm only on episode five. I'll just cool. say I
1: feel bad for the We're guy. Gonna, we'll get some succession takes when you get caught up. Yeah, uh, but I don't want to <laughs> give you any spoilers. Um to the Draymond point, I mean, look, Damian Lee and Jordan Poole are not Clay Thompson, but they're hitting enough shots that, yeah, the Warriors are winning games when you got fully engaged Draymond and Steph Curry. So it kind of gets to that point of. He's not the second best player, the second best offensive threat, but he might be the second most important player because I can see a world in which they have uh, Clay Thompson, but no Draymond, and they're probably not four. Even though Clay can put it up, but like just needing Draymond to anchor the back line and be like kind of the glue that holds everything together. Like in some ways, it's 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 hard to find.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, just by the way, and, and the other note is this team would be zero and four last season. I would say at least one and three. Right, just
1: I would two and two
2: probably. Yeah,
3: yes. yeah. I mean they, they played some good teams. I mean even the Kings were a tough team uh, last game. So at, at least in my yeah two and two most likely one in three I think last season.
2: Ryan, what's up, man? Hey, what's up, Pod boys? How about Wiggins? Uh, Twenty low <laughs> tonight, right? <laughs> what's up, Respect. man? <laughs> no but um first off i wanted to uh, acknowledge one little nuance in the game i love that a uh, little phil jackson um homage by steve kerr of putting chris chiosa in when no one was showing energy it made warriors twitter lose their shit so i was kind of laughing at that <laughs> and then um what's it called and then yeah i feel like draymond has definitely been punishing teams for sagging off he's actually posting up smaller players taking into the rim and he's been overall aggressive, and I've just liked the look of it, and um, this team is starting to remind me of last year's Utah Jazz, and in, that it's a team that is just going to win a ton of regular season games just based off simple math. Ooh, That's um, right.
3: Now. Here, let, let me go on the Chiel's point, because I know Sam has a Jazz point, but uh, I thought that was a great move. Look, I people wanted Moody or... Evil, people evil Steph. Evil Steph, you know what I mean? You brought it up. I copied <laughs> it. Uh, and, and I think People wanted Moody or they wanted Steph back in. I said, look, it's – dude, it's fucking end of October, Tuesday night against OKC. If Chris Chioza – worst
1: team in the league.
3: Worst team in the league. If Chris Chioza can't play against them, he should not be on the team. And the other thing is you got to trust a veteran like that. I mean he's a backup point guard. He's the epitome of a guy that knows how to play basketball. Get him in there – Get him in there and, and play against a team and figure stuff out. Calm him down. Kind of be that floor general and have him make the right plays. I don't trust Moody to be that guy. The kid's 19 years old. So put Shields in there. Have him do it. And I thought he did a fine job. I thought it was a great move.
1: Do you – conspiracy theory time. By the way, AD's on the floor. Not great.
2: Yeah. Oh, okay, um,
1: shocking. Do you think Steve is purposely not playing the kids to send a message to management that it's time to chase wins? It is time to it's time to trade the kids, get Steph, Clay, and Draymond some help. Am I? I do I have the? Uh, am, I, am I too deep into my uh, conspiracy theory for you right now? I, I, you know, my, I, I think it's
3: fair. I also think don't play the kids. I, I wouldn't. I'm not putting Kaminga, Wiseman, or Moody into these games, Sam. Maybe Wiseman. But, like, if I were Kerr, I'd be like, dude, I'm trying to win with this team. This is a, this is a team that can win 50-plus games. I don't need rookies out there making rookie mistakes. And if you don't like that, you know what I mean, you know, go kick rocks. So maybe Steve is doing that. But, you know, from my perspective, play the vets. Play the guys that are going to help me play, win basketball games. And this is no slight to the rookies. Yeah, I mean, it's... And, and by the way, and by the way, I, I'm, a, I'm shocking, a, he's
1: fine. I'm appreciating Steve going both extremes. Playing the kids last year with no regard for situation, and this year it's like not letting him on the court in any situation. It's kind of funny, right? So, I don't know, man. It's, it's interesting. I do, like, it's very clear, Steve, they want to chase wins, and they're not going to just give Moody minutes for the sake of giving him minutes. I would have thought tonight would have been the kind of game he could get you... You know, 10 to 15 minutes, but the Warriors came out so flat. Like, I can't blame Steve for not throwing Moody out there. Like, yeah. maybe, maybe if, they're, if they were up 15 points at the end of the first, like Moody could have got a nice 15 to 20 minute run this game, but that's not what happened. Maybe it haven't sat against a fender.
3: Yeah, I, I agree. I I thought Steve was doing a fine job.
1: Mike Mikas, what's up, my man? Mikas, take yourself off mute.
5: Man, I always do that when I get in here. So I was just watching AD fake an ACL injury. So, uh, I didn't even realize I was on mute. Um, <laughs> I just—I look, man. He
3: fell down. He played the next possession. Maybe he's hurt again. But we, I, I, yeah, I want to—I want to tweet.
5: Like, I, just, I hate watching Anthony Davis play basketball, so I don't root for injuries. But he does it like every three games. That I, it's like the 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 boy who cried wolf. I cannot believe it I know. until I see him I like carted off the the court. Um, I had yeah. uh, two questions, uh, both kind of brief ones, but with the way that we've started and the maybe improved coaching what do we project that the record and seeding we are when Clay Thompson returns? And do we think that if we are playing well, do we hold off on bringing him back sooner or do we bring him back you know, around mid-December where they talked about as a means to maybe try and chase the one seed and good seeding for the playoffs? And then my other question is, if Wiseman is not able to take the starting job from Kevon Looney, who has looked simply unplayable uh, through these first four games, how much of an indictment is that on our second overall pick? In his second year, I know he's coming off an injury, but he has to be better than what Looney's giving us right now, right?
1: Yeah, I'm not. I'm not willing to go there on Wiseman just yet. Like, I need to see him get like a little run. Like, I'm not going to be mad at Wiseman if, like, three games into his return, it's like, oh, you still aren't good. What you know, like that sort of thing, right? But like, you, <laughs> I'm with you. you. You'd hope by like a couple months in, right? That type of thing. What was uh? What was Mika's other question? I,
3: I I just on the clay coming back, I'll take that one just because I I have a take. I I think he's going to come back when he's ready to come back. And I don't know if that's going to be Christmas or mid December or January 20th. I think it's, they're not going to look at the record. They're just, I think it's going to be clay. Are you ready to go? Doctors? Do you think he's ready to go? And if he's ready to go, he's going to go. And I think that's the way they should go about it. If they're looking at standings, I think that's the wrong way to go about it. Also, Sam, I think at this point we got to say they're probably going to be a top 4 team in the West, right? Like you would think barring injury so I, I don't know if they, if they should be chasing the first seed
1: anyway. I Don't think that's the right way to go about. It. It's early, but I do think the bigger a start they get out to the easier it is to not feel like pressure for him coming back. So, I think I think he will be back around game 30. So, let's say they play 30 games without Clay. Just just so we're clear. 30s around Christmas. I think it might be like the 20th or 23rd of December. What do you think the record is after 30 games? Oof. <laughs> That's a, we know they I, have, we know they have an easy first. They have the eight game homestand. It's not particularly hard. Uh, and then their schedule gets kind of like normal, difficult, I guess the best way. It gets a little, yeah, normal. I, I think at least 20, somebody just said it, I, but
3: to me, I think at least 20 to 10, 20 and 10, uh, you would like to see maybe twenty-two and eight, but you know you got to keep it within reason. I would say twenty and ten, and you're 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 in good. If they're twenty and
1: ten, I will. Well, I don't really know what I'll do, <laughs> but um, I'll 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 sing a song on the podcast. I don't know. <laughs> oh wow uh, give me some Taylor it, Swift. Yeah, there we go. You you name the Taylor Swift song, I'll sing it. If they're twenty and ten, <laughs> I'm thinking more like eighteen and twelve is where I think they'll okay. be. Like, yeah, I guess right around there. So, um. But as long as there are like multiple games above 500, give me, like you said, be somewhere in that like three to six range. Bro, right, right. What I don't want is them to hit a tailspin right now and look like last year, where it's like they are 14 and 16, and they need clay so they can start winning games immediately and that sort of thing. Right. Yep. All right. Yep. Let's keep moving. Oh, my man, Max calling in. Yeah. Max had some Max had some takes he wanted
5: to get off. Sam, Andy, how you boys doing? Good, hey, bro. What's up, man? Awesome. Hey, uh, no, I just want to, you know, give Joey Lightyear's his flowers and probably get eviscerated <laughs> on here. But, <laughs> um, no, I, I don't know. I just think we're way too critical as a fan base. I think we have no patience and we're a little bit, I don't know. I think we just need to be more accountable. I mean, look, when you look at the plan, there were no trades available, right, For for Ben Simmons or whoever over the summer that they liked. I mean, the best thing we could do, you know, Stan Pat developed the guys, address the, the uh, development staff. But I don't know. I just think, you know, we're, we're maybe a buyout candidate away from being a serious contender. The West isn't that good. I mean, obviously in the East, a little bit more of a different animal. But I don't know. I just think we need to be a little bit more patient, let the guys do their job. Um, and, yeah, if any Lakers are listening, you know, give me a job. Hit me up on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Max, Max, I appreciate you as always. It's yeah. um,
1: <laughs> a good one. Do you do you think the Warriors are just a buyout candidate away? Uh,
3: they're they're, they're no, they're Clay. they're a healthy Clay Thompson away. I don't think there's any buyout candidate that's really moves the needle. Well,
1: okay, we're we're assuming yeah. assume Clay comes
3: back. I, yeah, I'm higher on them than you, Sam. I I think that if Clay comes back and he's healthy, they're right there. I, I don't. There's no bio candidate to me out there that says, "All right, they're going to move him over the hump." Right, so you know, Ricky Rubio, Kevin Love, uh, you know, these guys aren't. You know, they might. We're just they,
1: we're just they might we're just taking Cleveland's whole bench.
3: <laughs> you know, they might add a win or two in the regular season, but they're not. You know, Western Conference semis against the Utah Jazz. They're not moving the needle. So you know, a healthy Clay, and they'll be fine. And I think that's what the front office has said. And and uh, you know, they'll they'll live with that. I think. For for me or for you, I think our, our thing has been, you know, if there's a trade out there for, uh, for a guy like Pascal Siakam or Ben Simmons, you move Andrew Wiggins and draft picks, and they haven't done that. So, you know, that's been my gripe. I, I'd probably still do that, you know, if you can get those guys. But, you know, they look good right now, and, and Clay comes back healthy. I think, you know, they're right.
1: I'm going to hold back, but I still feel like when you get to the playoffs, Wiseman's not going to be ready to play at that level which means they're one player short of making a deep run, which I think they can absolutely do. I know Steph can play at that level. I know Draymond can play at that level. Um, I think they have a decent bench. I think Clay will probably be like 80% of what he was. I just want to add one other player because I think without it, they'd be rolling into playoffs asking a ton of Wiseman, you know, some of these guys. And we'll see. It's early. I, 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 I reserve my position to revise this take because it's October, and who knows where Wiseman's at come April. But it feels to me like they want one more veteran for a playoff run. I, I think so, and you're also asking
3: a lot of Eddie Godala. I mean, you're just you're asking him to make it through the whole season. But let's be real; it come crunch time. Auto Porter is Auto Porter, JTA. Uh, these guys aren't sniffing the floor. Idriguala is going to be out there, and you know that's asking for a lot. One series, sure, but.
1: You know, four, three, it's a lot. Yep.
2: Chris, what's up, man? Okay, there we go. Well, what's going on tonight, guys? Um, So, so definitely been listening, and I'm kind of glad I did because um, there was definitely a lot of interesting takes from tonight's game. And obviously, uh, with Clay coming back in December, uh, this is my take on it. It's basically, for me, being a Warriors fan for as long as I have, and obviously I've survived some treacherous seasons. Um, I think the Warriors definitely do have a great team. And obviously, like you guys were saying earlier, or Sam was saying earlier, was, you know, not playing the kids. And I think Steve Kerr has the right to do that. You know, you're not going to win with the rookies. You're going to win with, like, Andre Godala. You know, the guys that have been there, you know, that have been part of the, You know, past championship teams. So, looking at tonight's game, I really wasn't worried about the Thunder. Obviously, they don't have KD anymore. So, you know, the Thunder aren't a big threat. But looking down the schedule, I know we're definitely going to have some teams that are going to push us. But my biggest thought is is Clay going to be 100? My biggest question is is Clay going to be 100% by the time Christmas time rolls around? Because obviously, that's when they're saying he's supposed to be coming back. It, do you think he's gonna be back to like what he was back in? I don't know, seven like you know, two thousand six, fifteen, sixteen, right. seventeen. You yeah. know, so I don't know. It, it you know, don't get me wrong when I say this. I'm a huge Warriors fan, but I'm not really like too big on him coming back as much as I am a Warriors fan. But I, as much as I'd love to see him back. Are they rushing it too soon for him to come back? You know, that, that's my only concern. Thanks, Chris.
1: Yep, yeah. yeah. So, so I actually, I don't disagree with you, by the way. That was a great call, Chris. That was a really good call. Um, I don't expect the clay that we see when he returns to be the clay that we see in May. You know what I mean, Andy? Like, the hope is when he returns, they manage his body well so that he's peaking by April because he's going to probably be on a minutes restriction for an extended period of time. He might even look slower than you remember for an extended period of time. He might just look like Otto and Looney, dude. They're just going to be just moving, moving slowly up and down the court and draining threes, but whatever, you know, it's, it's a step of the rehab. So like, for me, I just want to see clay on the court and like slowly ramp it up.
3: I'm a little, I've been a little bit more optimistic lately. If you, you just see what clay is doing and you see kind of his, his his mood i think clay is a person that's going to let his emotions wear on his sleeves and uh, you can see that he's he's genuinely been a lot happier and more excited as he gets near a return also what we've heard before he came back from his ACL was that he looked incredible i mean he looked like someone that had missed a, you know had missed any time with that injury so again now he's got an achilles injury after that right but i think if clay wasn't ready to come back in the next 2 months clay would would tell you he would not be on IG live driving a boat if Clay knew like shit. I got a setback right now. Like that—that's kind of how I'm reading it. So uh, I, I think there's there's some
5: optimism.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's all we can go with right now. I think it's gonna be a little bit of a longer road, but we'll see. We will see. All right, couple more callers. We'll call tonight.
5: Shick, what's up, man? Yo, guys. I think Jokic just got badly hurt. By the way, jeez, um, wow. Well, you're you're the grim reaper. Yeah, my, I have a Nuggets group thread that people are like crying right now. But anyways, uh, is it a AD injury or is it a? I mean, Jokic isn't a bitch, so I doubt it. Yeah. <laughs> Edit this out, Tim. <laughs> anyways, uh, so I was thinking, um, what was I thinking? With regards to like Kaminga, I think one of the things I've noticed—I didn't watch the whole game; I just watched bits and pieces—but what we're lacking is just. Someone who's able to drive to the rim consistently with force, and I think that's if we can integrate him at least in a small capacity to do that and put some pressure on the rim uh, with him and maybe Wiseman. I think that's something that's a, a way to integrate them uh, without giving them a lot of decision making responsibility, which could tank uh, their minutes. Uh, so I think we should do like the the whole Trey Lance thing where we give them their own package. Let's <laughs> integrate them a little bit. What do you guys think about that?
1: I. D- so, first off, shit, great call. I agree with you on the overarching issue. Uh, Andy was mentioning that they need more consistent shooting midway through the game. But I would actually argue they need someone who just puts pressure on the rim to open it up for shooters. Steph was getting triple team because no one's worried about anyone getting to the rim. Finally, halfway through the game, Wiggins started taking it to the rim a little bit and hitting some shots. But in general, this team is desperate for someone to put pressure on the rim.
3: Yeah. I mean, Jordan Poole, after chucking up unnecessary jump shot after jump shot decide to take it to the rim a couple of times and look good right i think sometimes even you'll see guys like damian lee just take a couple of dribbles and, and things open up like angel wiggins had a couple of times where you know we know angel wiggins isn't going to be able to get to the rim all the time but he takes a couple of dribbles to the rim and it opens stuff up for other guys and i think that's that's really what this team needs they're not going to get a guy that's going to be pressuring the rim all day like just, it's not going to happen We're, we can't keep expect or like praying it's not happening and so i think it's just a matter of like can you get guys to at least drive and kick and uh and in my opinion and my point was just they need to shoot more threes it's just especially in a game like this as the more threes you shoot the more the math works out i mean especially against a bad team it's just it's just going to work out um and it did at the end they started making threes and the game was over so um that's that's how it
1: should be. I can, see, I, can see, I can see what you're saying. It's two it's two sides of the same coin. We're just trying to figure out how to open it up so they can get better looks from three. Yeah. Yeah. All right, last caller of the day, and then we'll call it a night. Thomas. Hey, what's up? What's up, man?
2: So uh, so great start to the season so far. And um And then what's happening in Philly. Do you guys still want Ben Simmons? And then what are you willing to give up for
3: him? All right, we'll end on this. Do I still want Ben? It never, Sir- ends. It of never course, ends. Of course, Ben, ben Simmons.
1: puts pressure on the rim. <laughs> it never ends. Uh, what am I willing? At this stage, man, every day that goes, I'm, I'm less interested yeah. in giving up anything of value. Like They yeah. have Wiggins in a protected right. first. Um, yeah. I've never been pro-trading everyone for Ben Simmons. He's not like good enough to justify that. Uh I used to think maybe giving up one of the kids is worth it. Now I'm wondering if you can even get that. But like that's kind of my price with him at best. Let's assume he rehabs his value. He's worth one kid in Wiggins. That's it. I just I'm I'm with you. Just
3: look, we can say what we want about Bob and, and Joe and all those guys, but they played this the right way. And maybe, maybe not. But at this point, if they wanted Wiggins, excuse me, if they wanted Ben Simmons it. It's not going to be for much. I mean, the guy—what a shit show over there! Like, I know Warriors fans are probably going to say they don't even want to trade Wiggins, but <laughs> like, it just—you are not going to have to give up much to, to get him.
1: And my whole thing is like, you look at the offers that have been given for him, and you look at Daryl Morey's leverage position. Like, come on, man! Like, other—you know—the the Kings are offering Buddy Hield and Marvin Bagley, and you want the Warriors to throw in the whole poo-poo platter, like. Yeah, fuck off.
3: I, know, and, the other thing, and the other thing is, like, if you're Philly, if you're Daryl Moore, I mean, this, this Sixer season could be down the drain quick. I mean, tonight they lost to the Knicks. Knicks are fine, but they lost to the Knicks. Embiid didn't look right. Like, let's say Embiid misses 15 games, right?
1: Like, what, what is his team doing? Yeah, I mean, they are now 100% dependent on Embiid. Because at least when Embiid was hurt, Ben Simmons could keep you afloat
3: yeah yeah so like are you rebuilding again i mean you still got tobias harris there you got seth curry like what do you do are you trying to win like, they're just a complete mess and is the pressure going to be daryl you got to make a move get rid of him and find at least some winning pieces and, and figure it out And if that's the case then you know maybe you do that but I, sixers are a mess man i you're glad you're not in daryl Morey's position for sure
1: yeah all right guys we appreciate you warriors for now